Hey everybody, this is Brian Arata with the Life, Love, and Existential Dread podcast. I uh, want to clear something up right off the bat. Um, I've been saying Los Angeles, and I, I really don't think I've been uh, specific enough because I get some direct messages, you know, Los Angeles where? Los Angeles, Zimbabwe or something? Like, No, no, no. Los Angeles, California, United States of America. Um, oh my God! Know, plant- I always thought you were in Los Angeles, Zimbabwe. I, okay, I I'm not, no okay. <laughs> Couple messages about it. My co-host thinks that as well, so it's entirely possible. But I'm pretty sure I'm in California, United States. Yeah. All right. And, and just wanted to clear that up right off the bat. And so uh, my co-host Nathan Shelton from Chicago, Illinois, also in the United States, also on planet Earth, I think. Um, he is an actor, writer, director, and uh, NASCAR legend. How are you doing, Nathan? Great, great, and uh, just just polished my NASCAR trophies last week. Well, well, you just won the Daytona Five Hundred. I heard. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things I don't even remember, but uh, yeah, apparently I did win the uh, the yeah. NASCAR, the the whatever it is. I yeah, I don't know anything about NASCAR. I can't even I can't riff with you on that one. <laughs> I have no idea anything about NASCAR, which is weird because I'm from Missouri and there's a lot of NASCAR people in Missouri, you know, but yeah. I, I all don't right. Well, but, you know, in here in Chicago, close to Indiana too, Indianapolis. All right. Well, you know, I heard this on the YouTube or Tubi or BoobTube or one of those. And, um, you know, Nathan Shelton, first place, Daytona 500, Austin Sidrick, half a second behind him, second place and Bubba Wallace. So, you know, I hear these things, you know, I got to check in with you and make sure they're right. So, um, yeah, NASCAR legend Nathan Shelton, sure. amazing, amazing. You and go. you're headed to. T- you Do I get like and now you're headed money for that or something? I don't know. I just heard these things. I again, I just want to verify it with you. You know, um, but I heard you know next you're going to Talladega and the uh, Winston Cup. Yeah, I heard that next. So, yeah. all right, there you go, there you go, Talladega. That I know Talladega because of the movie Talladega Nights. So right, I yes, Talladega. yes, yes, yeah. Well, you know, I keep hearing these things about you. You know, a couple episodes ago, it was, you know, billionaire model, uh, playboy, dad bod, Batman. I mean, that's a, that's a whole episode right there, dude. I mean, we got to talk about that. That's that's unbelievable. Dad, dad bod, Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the other stuff, too. Billionaire, playboy, model. That's all, that's oh, all in there. Right. Um, but then I heard you're a flat earther, you know, like you're planning all these expeditions to the big ice wall. And then you said, no, 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 I'm an inner earther. I was like, okay, inner earther. Right. Uh, you know, and then this week, NASCAR legend. So I was like, man, just got to keep clearing these things up with you, you know? Yeah, I can. I'm a man of, uh, of many skills and uh, trades. Jack of all trades. Excellent. So, okay. It, it so just, we, it comes with the territory, you know? Yeah. yeah, I hear you. Well, that's part of the reason why you're doing this. Clear Most all this interesting up. man yeah. in the world. Yes. Yeah, in a right hobby there. body. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got two things I want to talk about. First thing is um, this show is having an effect on society, having an effect on the zeitgeist, the lexicon. We are out there. The title of the show, very good title. You came up with it. And I've encountered part of our title three times out there in the entertainment industry. All right. First one is on a very funny show. It's called Lower Decks. It's an animated show. It's based on Star Trek The Next Generation. And then in season two of episode 10, one of the characters says existential dread. Couldn't believe it, you know. Um, and I thought, well, that there's a caveat to that because I used to work for Family Guy and American Dad. I know those scripts get written, 
you know, months, maybe even a year or so before it airs. So it's like that one's that one's probably a coincidence, probably. All right. But still raises suspicion. Right. All right. The second one, Colbert monologue just a couple three weeks ago. He says existential dread. You know, like, yeah. come on. That, that one that one's highly suspicious because we, we started this in January and here they are already stealing it uh, uh, for a Colbert monologue, seemingly, you know. Um, you know, you got all these high paid staff writers and stuff, you know, and they, they already got to steal something from, you know, from our show. So that, that one's suspicious, you know. Had um, you never heard exist that term existential dread before? Not very often. I, you know, I thought it was very, that's why I wanted to, you know, use it as our title. I thought it was very unique. I was like, oh, existential oh, dread. I've always There's loved that. Yeah, I've always heard that term. Existential crisis and existential dread are two terms that I've heard for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love that. I love that term. I mean, it's an actual term. You know, okay. I didn't come up with that term. And uh, actually, after creating the title and launching this show, I did find that there's actually a very popular long-running show called The Existential Dread Podcast. And it's just oh, The Existential Dread Podcast. So, I mean, we're not stealing from them. They did not invent the term either. Uh, existential Dread is a term that, I mean, if we looked it up, I'm sure it's been around for a long, 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 long time. But... Um, but yeah, that it has been around forever. So I'd love to believe that we are involved in the, and we have made a dent already just since in the few months we've been doing this, we've made a dent in the zeitgeist, but, uh, I think um, so. I think, uh, I think we're part of it. I think we're part of it. I don't know if we're making right. a, uh, give it another month and then we will be, uh, you know, the, the forerunner of using terms and people will be referencing the show you know people will be talking about i think so oh did you hear um yeah totally yeah absolutely well yeah and and um and little thing to go along with that um on our last episode we had our first guest uh, daryl clunch and he called us out before we started recording said hey uh you know a couple of episodes you guys are getting stuff wrong so you know we got to fact check and, and make sure we get everything right so you know i got the alexa dot here if we need anything so um you know <laughs> good Oh, um, yeah, and a lot uh, of what we uh, do hold, is no, hold, it's our own. Hold on a second. Alexa, what time is it? Yeah. Alexa, what time is it? The time is 2.11 p.m. Oh, okay. Could you hear that? Barely, yeah. 2.11 p.m., which is accurate because I have 4.11 here in Chicago. Okay, all right. So anyway, we got that resource. We need to fact check and make everything correct on the show. Um, so, Thank God for um, Alexa. Yeah, yeah, it's going to help out a lot. Okay, so all right, the last one, but it's very it's so much closer to the title. This other instance where I saw the title out there. I was online at the grocery store looking at the magazines. People magazine, Courtney Cox is on the cover. The title of her article, Life, comma, love, ampersand, what I've learned. I think uh, come on. Come on. That's 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 straight up larceny right there. It's it's like that's another way of saying existential dread. What I've learned, learning about yourself. I was like, come on, that's that, that had to have been stolen. I think, yeah. So we're out there. We're having an effect, and we're, uh, we're making waves, making waves but see, in the world. But you know what I think it is? I think it's like that thing when you buy a new car, and then you start seeing that car. Or on, on the roads as you're driving. I think it's that kind of phenomenon. It's like, okay. Yeah, you've opened you know, up your perception, and so now you're more sensitive yeah. to it. So you're seeing yeah. it everywhere. Absolutely. Exactly. I know, yeah. Oh, but those last few, those last couple were just in the last few weeks. So it's just, it's just, just a little curious, little, little, little suspicious. Yeah. 
Just wait. All right. Wait what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. 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 Who knows? All right. Next thing I want to talk about is uh, something I've done many times is gone to a screening of a movie that's uh, about to be released in theaters. All right. And um, you have to sign an NDA. So you're not allowed to post about it or really talk about it, but I'll talk about it in general terms. Um, there was a major, major star in it and another guy that I follow, big fan of his, and his first movie he'd written, and he's the star of it. He, you know, he wrote it, and I just was very interested to see it. But, you know, it's recent? a free – yeah, this was just last week. Yeah. And, oh, um, okay, okay. And, um, you know, just, just want to see what they did. I've, you know, I follow this guy, and he's like, oh, the movie's out. We're getting some screenings. I'm anxious to see, you know, focus feedback and all that stuff. So I was very excited to kind of go see this thing. And I've done it before. You go there, you fill out a little survey, and you get a free movie. So so anyway, um, get there, and um, I'm waiting in line. And then there's these, there's these two girls behind me, or, you know, mid-20s or something like that. And they're just yapping away and saying, oh, oh, I'm so happy to do this. I'm so happy to be in Hollywood and, and go thing. I feel so Hollywood. I just moved here. Oh, you just moved here? And, live here? and just going off on this thing. Like, Can't you be any more cliched or anything? Um, you know, and it's just, you know, two girls meeting in line. Fine, whatever. Not a big deal. And, um, and so uh, getting into the theater. Um, and before I get into the rest of the story, the last six movies that I've been to, I've sat next to a talkie talker every single one, every single time. Somehow they find me. They follow like me around, talking, I think. Are they talking to each other or talking to the screen or what do you mean? They're talking to the person they're with. Oh, okay. Like, during the movie? During the movie. They're right next oh. to me and then they're talking to the person they're with. Last six movies, every single one. Oh, I awful. I. I don't know how it happens, you know, some kind of vibe I'm putting out there. I don't know. Um, I, I tend to think it's like an usher conspiracy that they're following me around. Say, hey, put talkie talker, sit next to this guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But it hap- it's, it's too many times to be a coincidence. It, it right. has to be. Yeah. So I'm trying to avoid such, you know, crowded part of the theater uh, where, where I might find talkie talkers. And um, so I get in there and I know that like the middle section – the middle section up there, that's the best place to sit as far as sound and, and you know, enjoying the movie and seeing the whole screen and everything. So I don't sit there because you can sit anywhere in these screenings. Oh, I, for- I forgot about the cell phones. All right. So before you get in there, you're not allowed to bring a cell phone. And in the email to, you know, inviting you to the screening, they said, you know, leave your phone in your car. You're not allowed to have it in the theater. You get, you know, uh, if you do a recording, you know, you get a fine or arrested or something like that. And, um, but of course, most people don't do that. And so they have this little table where you can leave your phone with these people, put in a little Ziploc bag. You give it, they give you a little ticket like a valet, and then you get your phone after you're done. But then once you get past this table, you have to go by this guy who has like a scanner to see if you really don't have a phone. You know, so it's really well organized. They anticipate people you know, want to take their phones and everything. So nobody has a phone in the theater, which I love too. And um, – so I get in there and then I sit down and um, I'm more towards the front and uh, I'm more towards the front because I think less people sit towards the front because it's too hard to see the screen and everything. But I don't care. I just don't want to sit next to anybody who talks. And so I've, I get a seat there and then these two kind of, I don't know, mid, not mid, yeah, middle-aged women, late 40s, early 50s, something like that. They come walking by me and this one kind of brushes by my leg a little bit too much. And she goes, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, a little weird. 
And then they go over and sit down. This one gets up again and bumps into me again. Oh, I, I just keep bumping into you. One day, I was like, what, 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 what's going on here? You know, it was clearly intentional, kind of like flirting with me or something like that. But, you know, I was like, but you weren't having right. any, you weren't like, I was not interested. No. Oh, okay. You know, I'm sure they're, right. I'm sure they're very nice women, but no, not interested. You're there to watch um, a movie. You're not there for, for any other business. No funny business. Well, no funny business. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's got masks on. I was like, you take one look at me and I got a mask on. I'm a, I'm a troll with the mask on. I'm like super troll without the mask. You know, I was like, why are you, you know, you're hitting on me or something like that. And then uh, she goes, you know, she goes out, brushes by me again, which I really think was intentional. Coming back, same thing, bumped into me again. Oh, we just keep bumping into each other. Hello, how you doing? I'm like, what, what, what do you want? To, what are you trying to sit in my lap or something? I was like, what's going on here? So I, had enough of that. So I got up and I moved two rows forward. And uh, so I was like, hopefully nothing else happens. I'm like, holy cow. And um, um, so I got a row pretty much to myself. There's a guy about five seats down and he's just shoveling his face with snacks and things. I was like, yeah, eat all that stuff now, dude. So I don't have to listen to that during the whole movie. Yeah. Because the last movie I went to, Talkie Talkers, they had two huge bags of Burger King and were just shoveling their faces with they Burger King. They let you take that in there? This was this. There was in it was in St. Louis. Uh, this is oh. when I saw Spider Man a few months ago, and um, and just just shoveling their face with this garbage, you know, and and phones and talking and everything, you know. I was like, oh man! So this guy eating all the junk food down. Yeah, finish that up. I don't want to listen to all that during the thing. And so I think I'm in the clear so far. You know, getting people, getting no one sitting next to me. And then this uh, skinny little woman comes and sits next to me or asks if anybody's sitting next to me. And she sits right next to me. And I go, okay. Or, or she, yeah, anybody sitting next to you? I go, no, nobody's sitting next to me. And very quiet, you know, no problem with that one. And then these other two people come down and sit on my right side. So far, so good. Now, uh, right after that, I get three um, carpet, let's call them carpet people, walk by. They're wearing carpets. Okay, I'm not kidding. I mean, they're wearing clothes under they're wearing clothes underneath, but over their clothes, they're wearing a carpet. Okay, and they got like a neck hole cut open of the carpet, and it's over their heads. Three of them. Okay. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It was the strangest like a tunic? thing. A carpet tunic? I don't. I don't. They look like carpets. Maybe it was tunic. I don't know. But it, it was. It look. It looked more like a carpet than anything else. Wow. Okay. Weird look. Yeah, just weird looking. Okay. And the one guy, it was two girls and a guy, and the guy is one of those guys that just talks too loud. He's like, "Are you guys, you guys getting a seat? I'll go get, I'll go get candy." And he's shouting, you know, to the whole theater and everything that that or the, you know, all the people around him were just annoyed by this guy. I'll go get the candy and Snickers and everything. And uh, like, oh man, does this ever end? And so the three carpet people or the two girls go down there and uh, get their seats, and then this guy goes out, comes back in, same thing. I got everything announcing everything he's doing as he's walking by carpet you know carpets draping over everybody's knees and everything and it's just just an annoying guy and then um and then so but still so far so good they're down i don't have to listen to them or anything like that and then uh, one more time carpet man gets up i'm going to the bathroom he's got to announce everything uh up again back and forth again and and then i just i was just sitting there i just closed my eyes i was like yes i can hear everything yes i do but at least i don't have to look at anybody and so the woman on my right side, I was like, I had my eyes closed. She kind of saw me. And then the carpet man was coming back and she's like, Shh, I think he's, I think he's sleeping or something. And the guy's like, what, what? 
you know, and I looked up, I was like, just, just go, dude, just go, you know, but so I was kind of like, thank you very much for looking out for me, you know, you yeah. know, annoying carpet man and everything. But little did I know, I had my talkie talker. This woman talked the entire time, the One entire of the carpet movie. People? No, no, the, the, the carpet people are about five, five or 10 seats down on my left. Oh, okay. The woman, the woman and her boyfriend were on my right. And she was she was the talkie talker. They were talking the entire movie. Couldn't couldn't believe it. I was like, of course it happens again. I was like, this is this is the way it goes. And and I'm just sitting there stewing and everything. I was like, no, speak up and say something. You know, they're the ones doing something wrong, not me. And right. so I, I I lean over. I was like, you know, it's very polite, very quiet. I was like, can you please stop talking? And she, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't. Oh yeah, I'll stop. You know, five minutes later, she's back. She's back at it. So just very annoyed, very annoyed with the whole situation there. And um, so finally, you know, it was a pretty good movie, a uh, comedy movie. And, um, and finally it ends. And you have to fill out a survey. That's part of going to the screening, getting a free movie. You have to fill out the survey. And right as the movie ended, these two on my right, the woman and the guy, they stand up and they try to get out. And uh, the usher's like, no, 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 go back, sit down. You got to fill out the survey thing. And the way they do it is there's a uh, smartphone in a Ziploc bag under everybody's chair. And so you take out the phone, turn it on, and it's not a working phone. It's just, you know, you turn it on and it starts the survey. You know, rate the movie on 1 to 10, rate this actor 1 to 10. Why didn't you rate it 10 you know, and so forth? And so – and I'm going to coin this phrase, and we should have our title trademarked, you know, and copywritten, you know, for what I was talking about earlier. But I want to copyright and trademark this phrase as well. It's called mobile device deprivation, okay? So everybody in this theater didn't have a phone for at least an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes, okay? So what happens? You give everyone a phone. You know what happened? Silence. Silence. You know, 250 people, 300 people, silent, looking at this phone and typing on type doing the survey, you know, mm -hmm. and mostly it was because no one had their phone. So that, you know, Hey, I got a phone. Now I get to, now I get to play with elect my electronic device or an electronic device. So yeah, MDD mobile device deprivation, um, wave of the, you know, I, I really think that's a real thing. You know, there's some, yeah. there's some, there's some existentialism for you. societal existentialism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how people you know wow. react to phones and not having phones and everything. So anyway, uh, we're not quite done yet with all this. Uh, almost done with it. <laughs> and what was the name of the movie? I can't, I I, I, I know. I you. was trying to catch you. I thought yeah. you'd just go, oh da da da, and then be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Like, no. You're good, no, Brian. It, You're good. It's like you know. It's like okay, people are going to talk about post about it. It's like hey, I signed the NDA. Respect this process. You know, focus. Right. You know, focus groups and everything. Don't break the NDA. So yeah. Hey. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> all right. So I'm, wor I'm working on the survey and some people are just kind of flipping through it and everything, just trying to get it done. Talkie talker and her guy get up and leave. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I think she heard me, but I was like, oh, fine, just get, get oh, the Oh, you actually said, thank God? I, I, I'm pretty sure she heard me. You know, I was like, man, you're bothering me the whole damn movie. You know, thank God you're out of here. Um, yeah, but just to vocalize that, you're such a curmudgeon. It's hilarious. I am, man. I'm the, <laughs> I am even, the crank. You're like, thank God. Yeah, I, I am. I'm the cranky old man now. I am. Oh, I really am. God. Yeah. So yeah, they, they finally leave and the the quiet woman sitting on my left, she's still working on the survey and perfect, perfect person to sit next to at a at a movie theater. I was like I want her to hit on me, not this other, you know, middle aged woman earlier. Um 
All right. So uh, working on my working on the um, working on the survey, and they did have a couple questions about the score. You know, I'm a film composer, and so I was like, "What did you think about the score?" And I didn't know if it was temp music or not, but it was very well done. It's very well placed. It didn't you know interrupt the movie in any way. Uh, no real memorable themes, but I was kind of going off on the score. Uh, 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 of, but it wasn't. Of, a, it was a temporary score. It's not the score for the actual movie, or I, I don't know. I oh, don't know. Oh. He said the, there's a guy that kind of introducing it said, "Hey, there's going to be, you know, it's not going to be color corrected. It may not have been fully edited. There may be temp score, and there were some stock uh, footages, uh, footage with watermarks in still in this thing. So yes, it's still being edited and worked on everything, but most of it was there. So it didn't really make a difference. So I, I yeah, I don't know if it was temp score or not." But I was complimenting it. I was like, whoever did it did a great job. It's excellent. And, but I'm doing everything else and really giving a good survey. So I'm buried in this thing. And so now here comes the carpet people. All right. The, the two, the, the, there's two women and a guy. And I'm sitting there with my, uh, with my legs crossed on their thing. And you could still get by without it, you know. And the, and the two women kind of shimmy by. And I'm, I'm, I know they're there, but I'm not looking at them. I'm doing the survey. And the guy stops. All right. The loud one, the one who can't shut up. And, um, uh, and I'm, st- I'm still working on, I know he's there. I'm just kind of ignoring him. And then he kind of leans in a little bit and he goes, I make sure I get this right. May God bless me and be with me as I pass by this person. And then I kind of, I looked up at him and I was about to stand up and, and say a couple things to him. And I moved forward like I was going to stand up and then he shimmied by, you know, what, 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 what? I just every single time I get into these things, these weird people coming through here. May God bless me and be with me. I what what the hell is going on? So so he you had offended him because he could tell you were annoyed with him. I don't know. I don't know what was going through this guy's head. There was plenty of room to get by. The first two carpet people got by with no problem. He could have done the same, but he stood there like he wanted me to move for him. I just but love then the carpet he, people. The carpet yeah. People. <laughs> I was like, well, that's what they are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I, and, I, and of course, I thought of this later. I was like, hey, dude, hey, hey, carpet man, lords to the left. You know, you got to go that way. I, I wish I would have thought of that at the moment, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so needless to say, quite an experience. And, you know, all that happened within, you know, like two hours, you know, so it's so quite, quite an experience. But that's what's been happening every single time I go to the movies. I always get, get people yapping and yapping away. I guess you got to go to the movies in the normal. middle of the afternoon when there's four people in there and enjoy something. Like go during right. a weekday when there's nobody else in there. Then you just, you won't have that issue usually. So usually. If right. you, I mean, if you constantly have that issue and it sounds like you do, you need to do, you need to change up your routine or something because you can't stop going to a movie theater to see a movie. I mean, that's just blasphemy. Right. Right. Well, and I, you know, want to support the theaters. I, you know, very big supporter of going to the theater, but man, it's just, I can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. it and it can't be a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. Seven times in a row now, seven. So, well, you, maybe you're the problem. Maybe you just exude exactly. this vibe of, you know, fuck with me. Come on, bring exactly. it on, man. I'm going to ruin your day. And so people do. I don't know. It has to be. And, and I saw me. Yeah. And I saw a meme that it really doesn't apply, but at first I thought it did. It said, you can't blame a clown for acting like a clown at the circus. The question is, why do you keep going to the circus? I was like, yeah, that's B. You know, why do, but, but say, hey, you go to a movie. You're not supposed to be talking, acting like a clown at a movie. You're supposed to sit there quietly and watch the movie and get out of there. So I was like, well, that meme doesn't really apply. 
But again, a question is like, why do I keep going if right. I keep getting annoyed by these people who think it's okay? To, so, so anyway, I don't know. Enough, enough pissing and moaning about that. <laughs> I used to work at a movie theater and I was a manager for a little bit. I was an usher and a projectionist, right, mainly. But I worked as a manager and I'd have to deal with people in your situation, right, who go have a bad time, you know, and you're having to go in and kick people out. I've, I've kicked people out for having sex in the theater. I've kicked people out for doing all sorts of shit in the theater. Being one guy was super drunk when I had just become a manager. This guy was super drunk, falling all over himself had to go in and take him out, um, like take him out, like the SWAT team. We just took the guy out. No, I yeah. got him, took him outside. It was snowing. I was waiting for a cab to pick this guy up. He wanted a light for his cigarette. I happened to have a lighter in my pocket, even though I don't smoke. I always used to carry a lighter on me. And uh, it's a customer service thing. So sure. I lit his cigarette, and I'm looking as the cab's coming in, and I hear him going, ooh, and I look back, and he's fallen forward into the lighter, and I'm burning the tip of his nose. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" And his nose was like black and red, <laughs> like I and he did I I he barely felt it. He was just like, "Oh!" And uh, and so yeah, put him in the cab and never saw the guy again. But uh, man, people used to mess around in the theater all the time. I don't know why people do that. I don't know why people feel the need to. You know, I get why people would go to a theater for some experiences inebriated or high or, you know, on something. But when that little personal, I'm going to do this to enhance my viewing pleasure, whatever starts to affect the other people, it is really disrespectful. And I'm, I'm one of those people that like, even as a, in an audience, if I'm not working at the theater, which I haven't worked in a movie theater in a decade or more, like actually God, 20 years. But I, I see people put their feet on the seats and that still gets me. I mean, and that's from growing up doing live theater, you know, it was just, it's not okay to put your feet on the seat in front of you. A, it's, it's just disrespectful to the theater. It's disrespectful to the people who work at the theater and the other people. And it yeah. drives me nuts. And I don't let my kids do it. I've never let them do it. I, yeah. you know, it's, even if there's nobody sitting there, it doesn't matter. You don't put your feet on the freaking seats, you know, like, drives yeah. me nuts, yeah. man. Yeah. That's crazy. So, I don't know why people yeah. do that. I don't know. I don't get it. And, uh, it sounds like you talking need to, to change up your routine, man. I do. Yeah. Well, and this, you know, you could, you know, it was only one screening at an evening, you know, so it's not like you could go right. in there. This you time you're like, you, yeah, you can't do you, anything, Like you're but. stuck. And I really, you know, I really wanted to see it because I wanted to see what it was all about. And I did, thankfully, you know, and I, you know, it wasn't like they were distracting me from watching it and learning what it was, but still it's just super annoying. Yeah. I wanted to uh, roll up the carpet man in his carpet and throw him off a bridge or something after that, you know? So, yeah, so strange. I mean, they, were they trying to be noticed? Were they street performers or <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I kind of think that's the case. Like you could tell it was, it was kind of a little bit of an act, you know, for attention or something, you know, right. and I've dealt with that. I've dealt with that before. I taught middle school and high school and, and even were they uh, young even like as that? Young, were they even as young as fifth graders, you know, there's certain kids that will just do anything for attention. Okay. Right. They'll misbehave. They'll talk. They'll, they'll do anything to get your attention and get you focused on them. Uh, not, you know, very few, but there's, there's people out like that out there like that. And adult, of course there's adults too. Uh, so I kind of think that's what it was. You know, this guy just wanted attention or 
I don't know what he's doing. But the thing about, you know, may the Lord bless me and be with I was like, good. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you, pal. Well, and you he know, did that I, for it, your – he wasn't doing that to himself. If he did said that out loud to about – like he was saying that so that you could hear him. Like – yeah. I mean, it was for your benefit. Yeah, because he leaned, he leaned in. He was kind of like right. leaning into my face, and then I was like, "No, you're you're invading my privacy here. Uh, I'm gonna, you know." And I like, like I said, I almost le- I leaned forward, and I was gonna stand up, but then he, you know, walked past. So, Ugh. and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get in a fight with a guy over this something this stupid. But I would stand up and stand up in front of him. I was taller and bigger than him, so it's like just just walk the other way, carpet man. Put your carpet down. Walk on your carpet or something. I don't know. Just just just. Get out of my face, jeez! Yeah. So, how do they fit in the seats with the carpet on? I don't. I didn't see. I didn't, you know, watch them sit down or anything. But yeah, yeah, very, very so strange. Weird. Yeah. Well, that's Hollywood for you. There's a lot of weird things. You know, you walk down Hollywood B- Boulevard, you'll see things ten times, twenty times weirder than that. So, um, that's that's where that's the way it is. So, well, wow, that's crazy. I I mean I've I've had some annoying situations in the theater before, but not as many as you apparently. Yeah, and all, I don't and all think that. I've ever had any carpet people. <laughs> they're only <laughs> out here. The they're only here. Denizens. They're only. They're yeah, only they're here only in Los Angeles. Yeah, right. It's like some weird <laughs> cult. You're you're lucky you escaped with your life. They they might be you know, a psychotic cult of carpet worshiping people. I don't know. That, yeah, some kind of Alibaba Aladdin something or other is going on there too. I have no idea. I don't know. That's weird. Well, that's that's uh, that's all I got. So, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you were hot about that. You had to talk about that. I, was, I had well, to that's talk about. I was like, no, I was like, and and I meant to say this earlier. I was like, I almost and I almost left. I almost left the theater because I was getting so annoyed, particularly with the girl talking and the carpet man. I was, you know, I was like, man, this is happening again. How could this possibly be happening again? And I was just so mad. I just wanted to leave. Because I was just sitting there stewing, and and so well, have but you I was ever like, gotten no? up and have you ever gotten up and like told an usher or or somebody and said, "Hey, there's these people that are just making a lot of noise. Can you come in and have them be quiet? Because it, if it's if it's affecting you, chances are it is affecting other people. You know? Yeah, I mean, Did I you, thought have about you ever that. Done that. I've never done that. I've always just you know been polite and say, "Hey, can you please stop talking." You know, most of the time, it does exactly what happened. They talk, they stop talking for a little while, and then it starts up again because pe- people don't change. And um, yeah, but I almost left. But I was like, no. And I was like, so much stuff had already happened by the time I was going to leave. I was like, there's bound to be more stuff to happen. So I was like, man, I'm going to stay here, stick it out, and 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 get some stuff for the podcast. So I, <laughs> I, I, I suffer for you this podcast. For the show. This was this was my existential dread that I'm sharing with you all today, and uh, went through all that. It was two hours of hell, and and now everyone knows. So uh, yeah, the thing the things we do for the show. So yeah, yeah. You know, recently <laughs> my roommate and I we went to go see a couple of different films, um, and mine I can say so. We went to go see Studio Six 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 this last this week, um, and then we went two days later to see Batman, the new Batman. The Batman. Oh, excellent. And excellent. Um, yeah, both both films were great. Both films were a lot of fun to go to. But I have to say the theater that we go to, um, there are some amazing theaters in the U.S. There are some amazing theaters in Chicago. Um, my favorite being the Music Box. I love that theater. It's an old vintage 
movie house from the early 1900s. They still have an organ in the front that they play sometimes before movies. Um, it's got the scalloped curtains that go up. I mean, it's just a gorgeous theater. The music box has amazing programming. They even produce films. It's a, and they always do these like retrospectives where they bring directors in and have all these guests. And oh my God, it's, it's brilliant. It's, I, if you're in Chicago, it is worth it to see anything. Even if you don't even know what the movie is, go see something at the music box. Uh, They have a bar uh, that you can take drinks in and just great concessions. And it's the environment, everything. It's, it takes you back to being what a movie house should be. The magic of going to see a movie in a live theater. Oh, love it. Yeah. And then, conversely, there's this shithole up the street that we go to movies at. <laughs> and it's like, and the only reason that we go to this place, and I'm not going to say, I'll say it's a regal theater. I will say that. But we go to this place because it's a, it's within walking distance from our apartment. And, I mean, it's freezing and snowing and, and shit here. So it's not like we go, we, we do drive. But it's so close and it's so cheap that it's just worth it to go there as opposed to going other places to see movies. Um, if I had a choice and, and what I wanted to see is playing at the music box, I would go to the music box anytime or the Logan or one of these great movie houses here because uh, we've got some just some really, really good movie houses here. But we go to this one and I got to say every time I've gone, they have they are understaffed and the staff that they do have might as well not even be there. They're barely coherent. They only talk to each other. There's no cust- there's no even semblance of customer service unless you're one of the 12-year-old managers who's just woken up from nappy time and had a juice and now they're ready to work and they've got you know, they're walking around and you're like, good God, how old is this kid that's that's managing all these people? And yeah. because you only see like one manager at a time and all the people are back in concessions. The theaters are disgusting where you're walking. It's like, yep. you know, your feet, the bathrooms. This last time when we saw Batman, the bathroom had two sodas just dumped on the floor that were there before the movie. And during the movie, because I got up to go to the bathroom, and after the movie, that is a three-hour movie. And they was in there. It looked like it had been in there for a long time before that, right? Yeah. And it never got cleaned up. And there's the the uh, air blowers for your hand that doesn't work. They're out of soap. It's like when I was working at a movie theater, we would get in super trouble if anything looked like that and if it did look like that we had to take care of it like that right it was yeah. it was fixed in 15 minutes tops you know I mean, and we had some horrible things happen right you know people do disgusting things in movie theater bathrooms just oh, of course yeah i mean like they paint the walls it's it's gross and but we we get it cleaned up right and customer service was always key this is working at a warenberg which there is no warenberg anymore uh right Little note, Warenberg was actually the oldest uh, single uh, movie chain, like family-owned movie chain in the entire uh, – I think in the entire world, but definitely in the country. Uh, for a long time, it was owned by the Kruger family out of St. Louis. But they uh, they, uh, they were the oldest for a long time, and then Warenberg went belly up um, a while back. But um, maybe actually – maybe they're still in St. Louis. I don't know. But Warenberg in, in Springfield, uh, Missouri is gone. Like the Campbell 16 got bought out and is now an Alamo draft house which is having trouble too, but I love Alamos. But this place and Regal, I've been to a few Regals and it just doesn't seem like they're hiring people that care about customer service a lot. And I know that kids, it's a lot of people's first jobs. I get that. 
but this this time we went and uh, we go up to the to the cashier. We're you know we're ordering. They have chicken fingers and stuff, and we're like, oh yeah, you know I'm gonna get some chicken fingers. Well, this kid that's working doesn't know how to use the computer, so this other kid that seems like he also doesn't know how to use the computer is helping the kid, and it's like two monkeys sitting there trying to hit the thing, making it work. And I'm like. He's like, do you want uh, three or do you want five? And I go, uh, what's the price difference? Uh, and then the other guy looks at me like, how dare you ask a question that we don't know the answer to? So they're looking at a screen, trying to figure it out. And then he tells me what the three is. And I'm like, you know, and it's like $40 or whatever for three chicken figures. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll pay $40 for three chicken figures. I don't know what the five is and I don't care. $40 for three chicken figures, I'll do it. It's obviously not $40, but might as well be. It was like, it's expensive. So I order it. They put the order in. Bear, like, there's just no customer service. It's just like card. You know, it's, there's no like, oh, hey, how you doing today? Oh, good. What are you seeing? You know, nothing, nothing. Right. And I know they're busy. I, I get it. You're busy. But so they get that. And I wait. I go down. I take my ticket. We got our drinks. And I go and I wait at the end of the of the bar because they're having to cook my chicken fingers. So I wait down there. I'm there for about 15 minutes. About 15 minutes. Nothing's happening. Nobody said anything to me. People are coming out that that ordered after me. They're getting pizzas. They're getting all sorts of stuff. And I'm sitting down there with Jimmy, my roommate. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So this manager kid, you know, he 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 comes up to me, you know, and he's uh, got his little lollipop, you know, because he's a, a kindergartner. And he comes up and he goes, uh, he's like, oh, are you waiting on something? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting on some chicken fingers. And he goes, chicken fingers. And I go, yeah, chicken chicken fingers. And he goes okay okay uh hold on just a second and he gets real nervous and he goes back into the kitchen and then this other girl pops her head out and looks at me and goes back into the kitchen and jimmy and i are sitting there going what's going on this manager comes up to me and he goes uh, we're out of chicken fingers we've been out for hours uh, who sold you the chicken fingers and i'm like the guy with the two-toned hair and his friend <laughs> that's like down at the <laughs> other end and like they're like they shouldn't have sold it to you and i go i don't know what to tell you i paid for it and he's like do you want something else and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I need something else. I mean, like, I, I was like, so can I get, and uh, okay, so get this, three chicken fingers and a basket of fries is uh, like 10 or $11, okay? And then yeah. if you get, and, and if you get a sauce, it's 50 cents. You can't, the sauce doesn't come with it. So it's like, okay, and not. they're pretty good chicken fingers, but not that I know this time because there was no freaking chicken fingers. But I go, I'm like, hey, okay, so can I get, uh, yeah, can I get the fried cheese? Which fried cheese alone without any fries is the same price as the chicken fingers. So it's like $11 for, for like, I don't know, six of these little fried cheese. Not worth it. But anyway, so I go, can I get it? And can I get fries with that? Since I really did want the fries and I, I can't get the chicken fingers. Like, yeah, we can do that for you. We can do that. So they make it right. They give me the fries. They give me the, you know, nice, great, you know, and that I, the manager saved the day with customer service, you know, gets ah. a gold star for the day and uh, an extra recess, you know. And so we, we get our food and we go into the theater and, you know, all is well. The movie's great. We watch it in IMAX. It sounds great. It looks great. It's a lot of fun. Didn't have the same audience experience you did. But every time I go to this theater, every single time, there's something going on. And it's like one time I brought the kids and we saw something there. And there was a couple, a foreign couple. They sounded like they were from Scandinavia or someplace, the way that they were talking. Uh, I'm pretty good at picking out dialects. And it was like a Germanic dialect, but it sounded like they were 
they were from like uh, Denmark or something. I've been to Denmark and that's kind of what it sounded like to me. Anyway, they were up at the very back and they were they were fucking around. Like they were having sex. They were doing stuff and you could hear them moaning. And, and it was just them and me and my my like kids, my older, oh boy. you know, late grade school yeah. or, or like low middle school, early late grade school kids. And I'm like, so I get up. I'm like, hold on, guys. I'll just. Hold on. So I get up and I go and I talk to an usher and I'm like, hey, there's some people at the back of the theater and they are doing very inappropriate things in the theater. Can you please just go in and get them to calm down? You know, I, I don't want to make a big scene or anything, but I got kids in there. Come on. You know, and I, it wasn't a rated R movie or anything. It wasn't a kid's movie because we go see, you know, anything. So I go back. I wait. Nothing happens. Nobody does anything. 30 minutes go by. These guys start getting really hot and heavy again. And it's so loud. And I'm like, God. So I go out and I I tell somebody else and they're like, well, who did you tell? And I'm like, I don't know, some kid. And he's like, oh, oh, uh, you know, and it's like there's two people working in the entire building this day. It, right. Like they have multiple theaters and it's like there's two people back in concessions and then two people doing everything else. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't get it. And I know with the way that the theaters are today in this world, this was a couple of years ago, but, you know, I get that you have to. The theater, it's hard. It's hard to keep a theater running. So you do run with skeleton crews and everybody kind of does everything. But you got to train people on, on customer service. Like you got to, you got to, and, and where's the pride? I used to love working at a movie theater. And if somebody had me go in and wanted me to go in and talk to somebody, I lived for that shit. I lived for it. One time there was this kid, when I was an usher, there, uh, there was a kid and his girlfriend in daddy daycare. Okay, this tells you how I just dated myself. But Daddy Daycare, packed house. It's a small screen, but a packed house. They're at the front row, and the guy's got his hand down his girlfriend's pants and is just going to town in the front row. And I went in there because I noticed I was doing a typical theater check, and I noticed it, and some people were, like, looking uncomfortable. So I went in, and I whispered. I, I got I got right next to the guy, He and he pulls his hand out of his girlfriend's pants, and they both just, like, look up at me. And I said, hey, you need to chill out or get out, okay? You know, trying to be yeah. a badass. No, man. Right. And so, yeah, right. It's like you're in daddy daycare. You're in daddy daycare. You know, come daddy, on. There's kids well, in kick there. Him, so, kick them out. I would well, at first I didn't man. kick them out. I, well, they yeah. tell us that we're not supposed to kick people out unless you absolutely have to, right? Because then it becomes what? an issue where they have to we're... give money back and the theater never wants to give money back. You know, but then okay. you don't have to give money back, but then it becomes like the, you get a yelling match or whatever. So you give them but a warning. The line? Right. Where's well, the you line, give them then? a warning. You give them a warning. Oh. They were making out hot and heavy. Some people might not have known, but anyway. They started going at it again. We were standing in the back, and I got other ushers to stand there with me. And so he would look back and see us and be like, oh. So the whole last part of the movie, they're just like – because I always had somebody in there in a shift watching. So, okay. Right. Yeah. Because at this point, I was kind of like leader of the ushers. And so they're sitting in there, and they're mad. And I knew the movie was getting out. So to get back at these kids, and because I was an evil bastard, I get all my friends in concessions, a few of the managers who are buddies of mine, and all the ushers who are all friends of mine. And we form this gauntlet of people to walk through when you come out of the theater. And nice. we had the mints that we used to give out. And I had the mints. And uh, when we were, they were coming, all these people are coming out. We're like, thank you. Thanks. So glad you enjoyed the movie. Thanks. Come back and see us again. And these people came out and all of us applauded for them and we were like i bet you enjoyed the movie and they were red in the face so embarrassed and uh ran out of the theater and i'm like 
Hell yeah, that's vengeance, that's, baby. That's vengeance. That's that's, that's <laughs> perfect, man. That's perfect cuz like, hey, <laughs> we are <know>. vengeance. <laughs> yeah. I love that job, you know. It was gross uh having to clean up theaters and stuff, but it also I mean I got to see tons of free movies. I love the movie industry, so it was great as a projectionist. It was fun. That was stressful, but it was fun cuz one projectionist does run all 16 theaters there. And it but it was so cool to to be able to work there through college and um, the worst part were some of the managers that I worked with, but you know, the people that, you know, there were a bunch of kids, but then there were a bunch of us college kids that just love movies that we worked there too. And that was some of the best and the worst times of my life, you know, at the same time, just wrapped into one. Cause you're doing gross work, people spitting freaking tobacco on the floor. One time I slipped in the tobacco spit of a oh, spit cup oh. that they just knocked over and it got all over me. And I was like, I'm fucking going home. And they're like, no, you got, you just started your shift. And I'm like, I don't care. Find somebody else or you guys cover me. I'm going home. I'm not working today. This is disgusting. I mean, I was about to throw up. I had, I had yeah. spit all over me and tobacco spit and people get those seeds. Those little like, you know, seeds and they're spitting the shells out all over the place. There's like piles of it between the seats. And then there's people who will take all of their trash. People leave it in the theater, whatever. I have my own theories about, like, it's like, why can't you just walk your trash out? Like, because somebody's going to take care of it. Yeah, we're there to help with accidents, not necessarily just clean up after you. Like, we don't wipe your ass for you, you know, but people act, people are so freaking lazy. I've seen people take their shit and throw it on the ground five feet away from a trash can. Five uh, feet away from course. a trash can, and they're like, they uh, and an empty trash can that's completely open and ready to receive whatever gifts they could bestow upon it. And they're just like, uh, somebody's gonna get this, and they just set it or throw it on the ground. I've seen them do it, and I've heard people instruct their kids to do it too. Oh, just set it there, they've got a cleaning crew, and the kids are like, oh, I can just throw it away. No, 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 they've got somebody that does that, and it's like. I'm Jeeves now. Like, they don't pay me enough to pick up after your ass. Come on. Like, th that's ridiculous. I hate that about the yeah, laziness and everything. I was like, pick it, it's your trash. Pick it up. Throw it away. Trash cans everywhere. What's the problem? Uh. Right. Right. I, but, you know, working in a movie house, it was so cool. Uh, we used to – for a while, I was in charge of uh, doing displays, you know, in the lobby. Oh, okay. And they used to let yeah. us get really creative. So, like, we built a huge thing for Pirates of the Caribbean where we had, like, a big, like, front part of a ship that we used. Uh, we went and took a bunch of stuff from Parkview High School because my friend was the teacher there. Oh, you know, I'm telling you this. Uh, Crudwig let us borrow a bunch of, of shit from that from the theater. So we built this ship that was coming out of the wall and had, like, people dressed up like ghost pirates. And we did a whole thing in the lobby. And Freddy versus Jason, I did this whole, like, light up furnace out of cardboard and detail painted it to look like metal and then we had the camp for camp uh crystal lake for jason and we just oh, had wow. so Jeez. much fun doing that stuff. oh yeah it was awesome it was like the heyday because we all cared you know we all wanted to do something and they just let us they had so much money they could put towards advertising and it brought you know it made the audiences love coming there because it was interactive so it was it was a blast back in the day i have very fond memories of working at a movie theater and maybe when I retire one day I'll own a movie theater like the Music Box or something because I I do love movies and I love I love uh, sharing that experience with people. There's nothing like going to a movie sitting in the dark if it's a good audience, right? A good respectful audience. The movie's good, you know, sitting in the dark with the the speakers, the surround sound, the screen, a good big thing of popcorn, hot 
buttery popcorn and and Coca-Cola, not fucking Pepsi, Coca-Cola sitting in there and just enjoying a really good movie. It can be magical. You know, it really can be. Uh, Some of my, my greatest memories growing up have all been in a movie house, you know, going to see movies and sharing that experience with friends and family. I love it. Love it. But it does suck when you have experiences like like you had with those. It really, really is awful. It's, yeah, just it's just irritating, frustrating. It's not going to stop me from going to the movies. I'll, same reasons. I love the big screen. I love the big sound system. You know, I want to support the movie theaters. You know, I know everything's getting better. We're better and better with home theaters and everything. Uh, lots of stuff goes directly to streaming. So why do you even have to go to a theater anymore? You can get it right. In your house. You don't have to, you know, do that anymore. But it, it, yeah, it truly is an experience. Same thing. I remember seeing. Um, what was I watching? Uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. I remember seeing that. I saw the that in the theater, theater. too. I yeah. did too. I was I was like four years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a young kid too, and whole family going to this, and I'm just staring at this thing, this spaceships and Star Trek and everything. I was like, this is yeah. the greatest thing ever. And uh, you know, my dad was really into Star Trek. Uh, my brother was a bit, but it was mostly me and my dad and everything. But that that is a very vivid memory. Of of our whole, but our whole family went. My sister and my mom went as well, you know. And it's a very, it's a very enjoyable movie, even if you don't like Star Trek. It's a great story, of course. Um, yeah, but they, yeah, that love going there, seeing the big screen, and hearing you know great yeah, music, and, and of course, uh, great Star Trek movie. So, I hope they never die out. That, I know it, that that oh, they're not going to die out. They're not going to die yeah. out, man. They're not because yeah. th- there's just there's something to be said for there's some movies that just. You gotta see on the big screen the the big blockbuster yeah. action things. Obviously, the special effectsy things, the Marvel stuff. It's all better on the big screen. But even small movies, uh, there's some like horror movies. They're always better in a theater. They're always better in a theater because you can immerse yourself better. And and a lot of stories, especially when you talk about speculative fiction like horror, sci-fi, fantasy, right? Those require a certain level of um, of uh, um, suspension of disbelief to get into right otherwise you're not going to get into them other you know, like a drama or comedy you can get into the story easier but for for that speculative fiction those genres you really have to let yourself go so having it dark being forced to not look at your phone not talk not get up and go to the bathroom if you can help it you know and just be there with the with the story that's coming at you that is everything. And and I always talk about the Blair Witch Project when I talk about this because I loved that movie. A lot of people don't like that movie. And you know what? It's probably because they didn't see it in the right environment. But it was the very first uh, of these found footage things. So, you know, not the very first actually, but it's, it's credited as being the first. It's really not. But it's the first big one, right? And I was waiting for that movie to come out for a year. I saw it the third time I saw it in the theater. It scared the shit out of me so bad that I could barely stand up. I had to sit back down because I was so terrified. But then I've watched it at home for parties and stuff where I turn out the lights. We got surround sound. It's not the same at home. It needs that experience. And I think that paranormal activity is the same way. You know, it's a very scary movie, but I think all horror, it's better. It's better in the theater. And I'm a horror junkie, so... Another reason I'm, I'm never going to stop going to the theater and I will support a theater. I, I love going to see horror movies and supporting small budget things too. midnight showings of of local Chicago filmmaker stuff. I would love to, I, I love to support stuff like that. I think everybody should should get out to the theater and support, you know, go see the movies you love in the theater so that you so we don't let that art form die and and, and the experience die. 
Well, and, and two experiences along those same lines. I saw Blair Witch Project with my sister and her husband when it came out. And same experience. The audience was so into it. You know, people were entranced by this thing and a, and, and a, and a noticeably audible gasp by everyone at the end, you know, and I was like, man, this thing had it. And, and, you know, you're just so overwhelmed with all this stuff because, you know, the shaky camera and all that stuff, it just makes it, of course, seem more real. You know, that's the whole point of it. Uh, but, yeah, that was definitely an experience that was enhanced with a good crowd. And another one was when I was in high school and it was Terminator 2. And, you know, a huge movie when it came out. I went to see it with a couple, you know, a bunch of friends in in, uh, uh, in high school. And everybody was cheering when uh, you know, Schwarzenegger flips around the gun. Like he flips it around and recocks it when he's shooting everything right at the beginning. Everybody's cheering for that. And, you know, everybody's clapping at the end. I was like, man, that is the movie experience right there. It's like I'm cheering too. It's like you're cheering at a movie. It's not like some kind of – you know, live it's action a shared show or, experience. Yeah. It, when yeah. I saw Independence Day, it was the same way. I saw Independence Day on opening day, which was the 4th of July, I believe, or the day before the 4th, in theaters. And I was in high school. I think it came out in 96, right? So I was like my freshman year of high school. I, I believe it came out in 96. can't remember. But it oh, was hold just on, like... Hold on. Alexa, when did Independence Day come out? Ninety six. I was right too. It was July third, the day before Independence Day. So yeah, ninety six. How how okay. badass fact is check. that? Yep. Fact, fact check. check. There we go. So that movie, you know, when Will Smith punched the alien, "Welcome to Earth," that whole thing, you know, everybody yeah. cheered. And at the end of the movie, everybody applauded, and it was this really visceral like connection—the kind of connection you get when you go see live theater, you know. Yeah. And you don't always get that with a movie because it's a dead medium, like right in front of you, right? You know, it's not live, but. Sometimes in that movie house, you can have that shared audience experience. I had the same thing in uh, um, Blair Witch Project. I had the same the same kind of shared experience with the uh, – I took a cast after the play to go see uh, opening night, the late, late opening night show of um, Paranormal Activity, Packed House. Men and women screaming at the top of their lungs and just terrified. And in every inch of that movie, everybody was like leaning forward. And oh, it was such a palpable experience that yeah. you can't, you cannot get that at home. You, yeah. you just can't. It's, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah, the group, the group collectively being frightened at that thing. It just makes it heightens it heightens that whole experience for everyone. And I remembered. Uh, something else about that Blair Witch uh, time I saw it with my sister and her bro- and uh, my brother-in-law. Um, the lights came up immediately after it ended, and I don't I don't think the credits rolled. Like it was right at the ending thing, and then the screen goes blank, and then the lights went up real quick, and that surprised a lot of people more. Too. I remember that that happened, and I think that was part of the shock of the end of things. A little little thing, the theaters was you know a little enhancement of the experience with the with the lights coming on at the end there. So, wow. and I think that I think that made some people gasp too. It was like whoa, whoa, lights suddenly on, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but still, the whole experience was was you know very memorable because you know, they were with a group of like minded people, you know. Right, said especially that, but, if you go. Uh, so, like on an opening night on a movie that people, a lot of people are, oh, you know, Batman Begins was that way. I went to Batman Begins opening day and Batman Dark Knight opening day, 
and both of those. Everybody was there because they loved Batman. They couldn't wait to see a new Batman. And we were all, I mean, the radio, I think there was a, uh, yeah, there were a couple radio uh, shows out there that were giving away swag and all sorts of shit. I got a Batman hat. It was awesome. And you're watching this thing and you're just loving every second of all of it. And you know that everybody else in the theater is there too. I saw Lord of the Rings, all three in one day for that special event showing that they did, that WIDA produced. It was all over the country, select theaters, and they were showing – it was – going into the launch of Return of the King, the third movie. And they had the first two extended cuts that had already come out. So they were like three, three and a half hours long, right? The extended cuts, but they were the full movies. And you got to watch, it was all in one day. So it started, I slept on the fucking sidewalk. I didn't sleep. I was out there on the sidewalk all night. We were all out there with like, you know, jackets and like blankets and stuff and like a whole group of us went and you got you paid like 35 bucks back then which is like a normal movie price now but you pay like 35 bucks and you got um a subway sandwich for a lunch you get a subway sandwich a bag of chips and a drink and then you get refillable popcorn and soda throughout the whole movie whatever you want like as much as you want at the theater and you get a little commemorative plate that I still have from Witta that was produced just for this across the, the the world for these showings and it was a from like a single print they took film cells and they put them in from each movie in this little encased thing that they sculpted that Witta sculpted and, and it was mass produced and um, I have it on my bookshelf downstairs and it's uh it was a one of those experiences that I've never done anything that geeky in my life. I've never stayed out all night for, for something, but it was worth it. And there was some guy there with a bullhorn that between the movies was going, and we would all go to war. And I mean, it was just a huge, <laughs> huge group of nerds. I, everybody's geek boner was so big. Yeah. I don't know of how course. we could see the screen because of all the flags tied to the geek boners. You know, we're like, I can't see the movie. Get your geek boner out of the way. I mean, it was amazing. It really was a special, special thing, a once in a lifetime thing. You know, they've never done that yeah. again where they've shown those. And it went right in the mid, it was the midnight showing, the very first showing across the country, all over where they did this. Of Return of the King. So you were the first people to see Return of the King, and you've already sat through the whole story in its extended, amazing format. So if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, like I am a massive fan, um, it was very magical. And uh, I will will always have that. that. But you got, you know, 100, 200 people that are just dying to see it, willing to sleep on the sidewalk, willing to stay up till midnight and see this thing. So... There's no problem whatsoever with the, one, with the crowd. With right. The crowd. And yeah. that one was, I believe, it sold out really quickly too. But that one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 350 seat house because it was the biggest. I, I don't remember. It was bigger than that, maybe, but it was the biggest house that they have at uh, the old Springfield 8. Uh, in Springfield, and that oh, was the largest okay. house in Springfield, uh, the largest film house that they, they they had the biggest screen. So, and they they didn't even do it in St. Louis. They did one in Kansas City, and they did one in Springfield. They didn't do it in St. Louis, and so people were coming in from St. Louis to to Springfield to see it. And um, oh man, 
Yeah. And everybody was there because they loved it. Because nobody's going to sit through that shit if you don't like it. You know? Right. Nobody's going to go, hopefully nobody's going to sit there for their boyfriend or their girlfriend, you know, and just be like, I love you. I hate these movies, but I love you so much. I'm just going to stay here. I mean, no, it was diehard fans and, and. And now let's have sex in the in the, on the seats here while every, while this whole movie's going on. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Nobody did that shit. <laughs> nobody got kicked All out. Right. Nobody was loud. Nobody was talking. You know, everybody was very respectful. It was amazing. The worst thing that happened during that entire, like, however long it took to get through all those movies, uh, was during everything was perfect, and then halfway through the or yeah, about halfway through Return of the King, right when they're at Shelob's lair. Uh, and Gollum shows up there, the film broke. <laughs> the oh! brand new print. And it was a brand new print. Oh. But somebody didn't like build it right or, or I think the maybe the screen the projector because it had been running all like nonstop, you know. Yeah. I think it got too hot or something and it froze, burnt a hole in it, and we had to wait and it took a while for them to to get everything, you know, fixed. But as soon as they did, everybody was like, Yeah you know Of course. Yeah. And, yeah, we're not we're, awesome. we're we're into it this far. We're waiting to see the end of this thing. It's like <laughs> right. nobody's nobody's leaving. I don't care what happened to the thing. We're, we're flying in a new projector. We're getting another print. We're staying here for five days until we see the end of this movie. I don't care. Yeah, that's the kind of fans at this thing. I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And it's there's nothing like. Yeah, I, I still think that there's nothing like going to see a movie in the theater. There's just not. It's it's it will always be around. And you're talking about having an organ playing uh, at the Music Box Theater there in Chicago. And uh, there's the El Capitan here. They have a organist come out, and this gorgeous Wurlitzer pipe organ comes up out of the floor. And you know, and he's playing. He's playing for you know twenty, thirty minutes before the movie comes on. Every single time, everybody applauds him. You know, he waves to the group and everything. And it's it's same experience that old time experience. It's gorgeous inside. You know, they try to keep everything really preserved in there. Um, but you can see all the newest movies in there. They got all you know all the newest technologies. So oh right yeah, yeah no, it's the same. That, I, yeah. I, yeah I, and I think a lot of people said that, oh, you know, streaming services, even when VCRs, you know, came on board, was like, oh, people are going to stop going to the movies because you can watch it. I was like, man, it it's, that's never going to go away, even with all the stuff these days. Yeah, I, that experience is, is uh, irreplaceable, you know, if you got a good group. Well, and I think parents need to teach their kids to, you know, my parents taught, like, we would go to the movies as a special thing. And, uh, you know, we were doing pretty well, I think for ourselves in the nineties. And so, um, you know, my parents were making more money and we were able to go like almost every weekend to see a movie. And it was such a big deal for us, you know, when we were in nice, school, yeah. high school. Yeah. Cause we couldn't do that when we were younger, we were very poor, but later on, you know, it was like, it's still such a special thing to be able to go to a movie. And my dad always had this reverence for film and music. And my brother became the music person and I became the film person. And uh, for the most part, we all kind of share, but that's mainly it. And dad would, mom and dad both would really just like want to share that. And then we would talk about the movie and we would talk about the experience and everything. So it was, it's always had a special place in my heart. So I've passed that down to my kids and I really hope that they pass that down uh, if they have kids too. And I think it's important that we, we preserve the, the entertainment traditions that we have and not get lazy just because it's easier. It's so easy to watch a movie at home and we, you can still do that, but it, a special thing. It's a, it's a really special thing to be able to go out 
and experience something together in a theater and uh, and then talk about it with people. You know, go out after the movie and, and go get dinner and talk about the movie you just saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, who your favorite characters were, uh, you know, what the themes of the movie were, things like that. And, and you know, when I go see a movie, I'm picking it apart like shit. You know, I'm, I'm just Me like, too. you know, right? Yeah, exactly, because we're in the business. But I, that's how I enjoy a movie. And some people don't like that. They're just like, oh, it's just a movie. And, you know, it's like, but I love talking about the acting, the cinematography, the directing, you know, the the script, everything. It's like, it all matters. And sometimes movies are firing on all cylinders and sometimes they're not. And it's like, well, yeah, everything was so good, but I wish that they would, you know, the writing was a little better. Some of the lines just were so cheesy and over the top or whatever. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an art form that was created for that venue. Movies were created yes. to be watched in the in that that venue. Television is watched to be on this is created to be on the small screen. That's how they're created. Nowadays they are making movies to go to the small screen too, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the movies that are made to be on the big screen, I'm a you know David Lynch goes off on people that watch things on their phones. I, I never watch a movie on my phone, but um, it's uh, there are movies that are made to be watched on the big screen, and, and to do it justice and to really allow yourself the full benefit of of really enjoying that art form, you need to go see it the way it was intended, and and that's I. That's my opinion, but that's the opinion of I think all, everybody that makes these movies too. You know, I you never hear a director going, "I don't care where they watch it." You know, it's like, yeah, I it, even unless they are making it for Netflix or something like that, which I'm all for too. That's cool. That's great that you have that medium, and I love television. Television today is so much more elevated than it was 20 years ago. The stories that are being able to be told over long periods of time, it's it's amazing. But that has its place, and and movies have their place and they will always have their place. Well, and one experience I had, um, and this was several years ago now, and um, I, I, you, you, you'll probably know this. I don't know how many people listening would know this, but there used to be a thing before IMAX that was called Cinerama. Okay. And it's three, uh, and just to let people know, I didn't know this before uh, I worked on this film. This, this guy restored the three cameras that you need to shoot a Cinerama movie. Everything is shot with three cameras, and they're really big, noisy cameras, like How the West Was Won was shot in Cinerama. So when you see it at um, the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood, the thing with the golf ball yeah, yeah, in there, there, yeah, yeah, and it's a gigantic screen, and it's curved, and yeah. they are the Cinerama Dome, and then there's another one in Australia. There are only two theaters in the world that can handle a Cinerama movie because they have the uh the screen space and they have the ability to have the three projectors and um this guy restored some cinerama cameras and shot a movie that was kind of like a travel log of los angeles and uh, i got to score it oh awesome yeah it was such an experience and but maybe appreciate the filmmaking process alone because he said this guy was, you know, very diehard film, film, film. Everything has to be shot on film. I want to do this, restore this thing, and you know, and let people know this is how some movies were shot and and seen in the theater. And it's it's you know that panoramic view of Cinerama. I was like, man, it's really impressive. It really is. And um, uh, uh, and I and I, you know, of course, everything's way better than that right now. But 
But going through that, scoring that thing and experiencing that and talking to this guy going over to his house and he's actually slicing film and editing it that way. I was like, who's doing that these days? You know, only well, you know, people shooting on film. Yeah, so. we did it back when I was still working, but that was the early, early mid 2000s. Uh, and they don't do it anymore. Everything's digital now. Almost everything except exactly. the music box, the music box and some of these older theaters, they do have they do have old uh, they, they'll get old 35 millimeter prints in and. There are movies still being put out in in seventy millimeter, and they actually have a seventy millimeter projector at um, at Music Box, and they will do kind of what you're talking about, except it's seventy millimeter, and they will they have a screen that they that they have that they put up in front of their actual screen because it it can handle the seventy millimeter, and they show special event showings in seventy millimeter when directors have that. So I saw Hateful Eight. Uh, for a late night show um, in 70 millimeter, the way that it was intended to be shown. Um, he shot it specifically with that, pe- uh, what do they call it? Cinescope or is that panorama? I don't know what they call it. It's not, it's not the same thing, but they, they, uh, that 70 millimeter. Um, yeah, it was gorgeous, gorgeous. And they just did, and I missed it, but they did a black and white 70 millimeter version of Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Oh, and yeah. I wanted to go because the movie is a noir. It's based on an old noir. I mean, it's based on a book, but there's a movie that from the 40s or 50s that is, uh, it's the same, it's from the same material. And um, he readapted it. And uh, it's great. And I saw it in color and it was great in color. It's a, it's very much a throwback movie. You know, it's slow, it's, uh, but it's beautifully shot and great characters. I, I loved it. Um, but I would have loved to have seen it in 70 millimeter in black and white. It It's just neat. And I love, I love that theaters still do stuff like that. They preserve the art form and they reintroduce it to younger generations who are into it and support it with their funds, you know, and, and places like the, um, that you're talking about that has that, that at the three projectors and the aspect ratio and the music box and things. I love that there's still theaters out there doing that. I think it's so amazing. And we were and we were going to screen. Or it was not a screening; it was a showing. It was there was movie time showing, and they were showing this new movie that this guy shot with the restored Cinerama cameras. And then, or I'm sorry, they're going to show. No, I'm sorry, that was first. The the movie he shot showed first, and then they showed how the West was won. So you get you know you get kind of two movies for the price of one. You know, and I'm, you know, I never heard of Cinerama. I'm telling other people about it. You know, like, what's Cinerama? I was like, well, before there was IMAX, there was this, and it's, you know, this big screen type of thing. And, you know, not many people knew about it. And so, you know, it was like a Saturday at 11 a.m. I was like, how many people are going to show up for this thing? Line around the block, packed, packed theater. It was, I was so great. I was like, man, look at these people showing up for this thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was probably mostly for how the West was won and the gimmick of Cinerama, but they all, but, you know, but they also had to watch our movie you <laughs> right. know, first and you then and say, it. but yeah, yeah. It's like, we got you. So, <laughs> so you're going to watch ours first and yeah. then you get to see the, the big famous movie. But still I was amazed. <sighs> just, just pack the theater, yeah. the, uh, the Cinerama dome. Awesome. Uh, I was so grateful to see that. It's like, man, people still appreciate it. People still want to experience those things, even if it's not not well known. I mean, so you know when Cause we were because we actually make fun of it in the movie, like these characters who are driving around L.A. and they're showing all these parts of L.A. and everything. Um, you know the uh, 
uh, Griffith Observatory and stuff like that. And uh, they go, what's Cinerama? I don't know what Cinerama is and everything. You know, like they're making fun of it in the movie too. So, uh, yeah. But it, it was quite an experience and made me appreciate the filmmaking process even more. You know, the editing, right. directing side of it, making the, the cameras work. You know, because these things were so old and he's, he's like searching around for parts. He's making parts to get these cameras to work again so he can shoot awesome. this thing. That's yeah, he awesome. was he was he was dedicated to make this thing work. So That's and he so did cool. he made it work. It was great. Yeah. yeah, the you know now they have the um the enhancements on even on like IMAX right. So there's IMAX. They have the dome IMAX. It's like immersive that they make things on. Uh, they have a dome here that does that. Uh, but they they don't. I don't think they show regular movies on that. But they have made movies for that. That's very immersive. You know. Um, but they have this thing out now that's like four. 4d movies have you heard about that you know yeah where it's and it started in the amusement parks like i 25 years ago whatever however long i was in high school i went to like universal studios and you would go and they have the the mist that sprays you in the face and like hot air on your neck and like the seats rumble and stuff seats move yep right and it's like you pay you pay a lot for it but some movies i think if they're made to have that happen it, it could be pretty pretty cool i've still not tried it yet uh outside of an amusement park but they have that here in Chicago at, at a couple of different theaters and they offer it for some movies. And I just thought, how cool is that? That gimmicks f- that have come directly from like William Castle days in the fifties, you know, the schlock horror movies. I love William Castle and I love all the gimmicks that he used to do with the tingler and, and shit like that. They make fun of it in the movie, uh, the Joe Dante movie matinee. Have you seen matinee with John Goodman? Oh, Oh, don't know he plays a one, character no. named Lawrence Woolsey, who is a, a direct, uh, screen incarnation of William Castle, and his 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 whole thing is get them in the seats and then scare the hell out of them with all these gimmicks like tingling the seats like a little zapper in your butt and you know have people in costume <laughs> and do all this shit. That's what William Castle did during the Tingler. He had all these theaters retrofitted. He went around and sold this to theaters, and they loved it. They and people came out for the the novelty of it. These gimmicks that they had these like little electrodes in the seats that would zap you at moments in the movie and. I, he used to do all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I love, I love that, and I like that. You know, with things like this, getting inventive with the with the going to the movies and doing things like IMAX and 4D. And there's another one out too that I can't remember what it is. It's, it's, it's a little different than those, but it's I don't know. It's it's also immersive, but those kind of things, you know, it's gimmicky and it's kind of like really. But hell, if it gets people in the seats and it gets people to go and enjoy going to see a movie again and makes it kind of an event, fucking A, man. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go out there and get those butts in the seats and then zap them. (laughs) You know, I love it. (laughs) Literally. literally Yeah, literally zap zap it. (laughs) I I love that people are getting inventive about going to see movies again. I think that's really cool. So, you know, whether or not you're for it or you want to pay for it, it's neat that they're trying things, you know, that they're – and I think that started in England, the um, the 4D thing, but um, or 4K. No, not 4K, 4D. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing I forgot about that Cinerama movie. It was called uh, the one I did was called In the Picture, and at the end, there was four actors in it, and it was like a family driving around L.A. and everything, and they were sitting in the front row in the same costumes that they were in in the movie. And at the end, they say, now you're in the picture. And they stand up and say, hey, we were here in the picture. You know, so it's kind of the same thing, you know. Yeah. It's a little, little, little corny, but, uh, you know, it's like, wow, that's, hey, there's the actors right there, you know, uh, yeah. uh, watch, watching the movie with you. So it's kind of fun. 
That is fun. Do you remember those old commercials that we used to go and see uh, before the movies, the really cheesy ones where it's like uh, the guy's talking and people are like, be quiet, be quiet, you know, and then the, eventually the guy says, you hold the popcorn. I'll hold the talking. I'll hold the talking. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you remember yeah. those? <laughs> but see, it sticks in your head, though. I, that it, was it, 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 30 years ago, maybe. I don't even know yeah. how long ago I saw that. But, man, I remember those uh, vividly. You hold the popcorn. <laughs> I'll hold the I'll talking. I'll hold the talking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, go into the movies, man. Brian, we need to go see a movie. Next time we see each other in person, we should go see a movie. Uh, anything, yeah, absolutely, anything. There's a bunch of, th- uh, I, you know, if you're here in LA, we got to go to El Capitan, like a star. Yeah, I've never been there. One. Take me there. Yeah, and I'll, if you Very come visit historic. me in Chicago, I'll take you to the Music Box. There we go. Perfect. We got a plan. Yeah. And you guys out there listening, if you uh, if you like what you hear, or you don't like what you hear, or you have something to say about movies, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, you know, hit us up on socials. We want you to be a part of the conversation. We'd love to hear about interesting stories. If you've worked at a movie theater. Oh, my God. I know you've got some great stories of things you've found in the theater. One time we found a, a prosthetic leg up to the hip still sitting in a chair. I don't know how that was left there. I don't know how it got in there. I don't know how the person got out without it if they had to wear it in there. But, you know. Is a guy got... hopping out later? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I had to carry an old man out who had a heart attack in the theater one time. Oh, it, my God. Dude. Yeah. And because they they we didn't have a wheelchair because they thought it was a liability. I'm like not having a wheelchair and having to put this guy in an office wheeling chair is a liability. Uh, But anyway, no, you guys uh, hit us up on on social media. Let us know. Uh, We want to hear your stories um, and uh, maybe we'll comment on it in a future episode. Uh, But uh, that's it for me and Brian today. Thank you so much for listening and uh, help us uh, keep the show going by spreading the word, uh, letting people know about the show and um and uh yep thanks we're, we're we're so glad that you're that you're listening to us and uh brian as always buddy it is great to talk to you and uh i look forward to the next one 